We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Digest podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Day two of Oregon football fall camp here in Eugene today, Saturday, August 7th. And man, we have a lot of stuff to get to today in this episode. I am fired up. Just to let you guys know, a little small disclaimer, uh, we had about 40 minutes of access for uh, today's practice. Uh, we had about 20 minutes of stretching and then 20 or 25 minutes of uh, you know individual periods um, uh, with the Ducks. So... Um, you know, we haven't seen any live competition just yet, so um, it's hard to glean too much, uh, too much from you know not seeing live competition um, at this point. So we still got to talk to a couple of coaches: Coach Joe Moorhead, offensive coordinator; Coach Tim, Tim DeRuder uh, of on the defense. He's the defensive coordinator. Got to talk to him after practice, and then uh, I was also out at practice, so. Um, was taking a bunch of photos and got to see some cool stuff there. So let's uh, get into it, guys. What do you say? So starting off, um, Tim DeRuiter was saying that Dante Manning uh, is, you know, he's looking more explosive, more confident uh, since he's been getting more reps here in fall camp. And I think that that's obviously a, a good thing for for uh, this coaching staff to, to hear and to see and to say. Uh, that he's, you know, his development is coming along. Uh, you know, yesterday when we were out there, it was uh, him, Triquiz Bridges, and Michael Wright with the uh, first unit of corners. You know, kind of goes back to what I was saying to start us off here. You know, you, you can only glean so much from that, but it's looking like they're the first unit uh, at cornerback for right now, and that's gonna be pretty big for for uh, Oregon because he uh, he had a pick in the spring game. He's one of the the faster cornerbacks on this team. Uh, you know. Coach uh, DeRuiter was saying that, uh, you know, he's looking really quick in and out of his cuts. So that's a little Dante Manning update that we have for today. And then Bennett Williams, you know, staying in the secondary here, uh, he um, at safety, you know, DeRuiter was saying that he's playing fast and and playing with confidence. And I think that he's uh, another guy that I think could really take a step up for the Ducks this year um, since they're not uh, particularly deep when it comes to safety. Uh, certainly helps when, um, you know, even if you're not having your starter be Bennett Williams in this case, having a guy who has that that background playing a, a big-time football um, even before he got to Oregon, whether it be at uh, Illinois or at College of San Mateo in the JUCO ranks. So one of the cool things that uh, I, you know, kind of got to learn today from uh, the media availabilities was uh, 
you know, I, I talked to talked to Coach DeRuiter about athleticism, right? You know, with the way that Cristobal has recruited and, and gone about building this team, I feel like just about everybody, you know, to a certain extent, is really, really athletic for this team. And um, I kind of asked him, you know, how that factors into, you know, how he goes about scheming for his defense, how it helps him. And he said that ultimately what it comes down to is it starts with speed. And then when you have guys with speed, uh, you know, at all positions across the board, what that really allows you to do is, is more job swapping. You have outside linebackers that can drop into coverage or come on, come and give pressure. You have defensive linemen that can also drop back into coverage because they're more, more mobile and they can do a variety of tasks. And then you have safeties who can come down from the box and uh, and they can blitz. So this ultimately, you know, it just, it just makes it difficult on uh, – on a defense, or sorry, an offense, excuse me, it makes it difficult because, you know, they, 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 they only have so many ways that they can, they can break you down, right? You know, if you, if you can be everywhere at once, which nobody can, but, you know, if your defense is that good, then you can kind of give that off, right? And, you know, uh, you know, maybe close gaps and when, you know, in ways that you didn't think that, that you normally would be able to because you just have great athletes on your team. And, um, you know, what DeRuiter said this kind of comes down to in terms of wanting his guys to play fast is that he wants to make it simple enough for our guys to play fast. But he also acknowledged that you can slow them down by giving them too much. Um, you know, and this is, uh, you know, obviously one of the big challenges that comes with, uh, getting hired when he did during the pandemic and having a limited spring ball. So um, definitely important for people to, you know, realize that they're still working on implementing the defense here. Um, but there's certainly plenty of talent on that side of the ball to, uh, to, you know, have a, a great defense this year in 2021. And, you know, just to wrap that up here with the athleticism and the speed, since we were talking about that, Deruder said that the starters and, and the twos that were here in the spring, he's feeling comfortable about how they're moving around, they're moving around fast, but he said that they're nowhere near, um, you know, where they need to be as far as an efficiency standpoint goes, um, you know, when the season comes around. And then I want to talk about the defensive line here a little bit. You know, obviously we already all know the name Brandon Dorless, right? He totally came out last year and just put on a show, and I think he's going to be a dude this year. But Jason Jones, I think this is a guy that, more people need to be talking about. He's a six foot six, three hundred and ten pound defensive lineman from uh, Alabama. That three hundred and ten pounds is taken from the twenty twenty roster. They're still working on uh, getting those official weights out for the twenty twenty one season. But you know what, Deruder said is that you know he's kind of the, the guy that's next in line behind Popo Mavai to hopefully take some reps off of him. Um, you know when you have guys in the trenches, big bodies that they get they get banged up and they're they're getting knocked around maybe they get rolled over or something god forbid but you want to have depth right that's the name of the game and and jason jones is the guy that uh Deruder told us he's really you know hoping is going to take that next step in his development and then you know also when we were talking to Deruder today he talked about um he talked about isaac slade matautia's departure and you know the inside linebackers and the situation there uh this is the first time since you know obviously the transfer happened that we were able to ask him about this and he said that he likes our depth there at, at inside linebacker and he said that that departure creates opportunity for competition you got guys like Jackson LaDuke Keith Brown obviously Noah Sewell Justin Flo Drew Mathis Nate Hukulani so you got some you got some names there for sure uh Jackson LaDuke looked great in the spring and then you also have Keith Brown he's a freshman so there there's definitely a, a lot of capable names there 
Um, you know, obviously Noah Sewell and Justin Flo looking like that uh, dynamic duo that we're that a lot of Duck fans are hoping to see here um, in the 2021 season. And then uh, another cool aspect that we got to learn a little bit about today was Mace Funa and Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, asking, you know, how interchangeable, if they are interchangeable, are those positions, seeing that they're more of the uh, athletic, you know, um, I believe it's called a joker. So someone might have to fact check me there. They're the more athletic defensive lineman, linebacker hybrid. Um, but, you know, Druder more or less said that they're inter- interchangeable and that they can line both of those guys up on either side, you know, it's, and that's going to be something that I think is going to give defensive or oh, sorry, offensive uh, coordinators fits, offensive line fits. You know, if you think you got you got a guy that's, you know, doing a good job on, on KT, maybe he lines up on the other side and that, that just uh, creates a whole nother dynamic. Let's see here. We uh, Last uh, defensive uh, point I want to touch on here is uh, Triquez Bridges. This is a cornerback also from Alabama. We were just talking about Jason Jones, but he's uh, he's definitely a bigger guy, right? I believe he's uh, he's right around six foot three. You know, so that's a, a, a some length that they don't have met much of um, in the secondary. You know, you have Brian Addison, who's a six four defensive back. Um, you know, he came in as an athlete, but yeah. Triquiz Bridges, six foot three. Druder was talking about him. He thinks he's grown a lot, um, you know, this off season. Talking about how uh, you know he's playing with confidence and he's really improved his ability to close. And and what that, you know, what having a body like Bridges is ultimately going to do is it's going to give the Ducks more options when when you you know go against those those six foot four, those six foot five wide receivers um, that you know are becoming more common. You know, a lot of these. You know, great teams, they're they are having a bunch of length at the skill position. And, you know, one of the ways you can counter that is by getting some length yourself. And uh, Bridges looked great in the spring game when I went out to see him. He made some really good tackles, was kind of just flying all around. And this is a guy that, uh, you know, he, he snagged a lot of interceptions in high school. So, I mean, you, you throw around the term ball hawk a lot when we're talking about safeties. So, um Maybe we need to see a little bit more from him at the college level before we start saying something like that just yet. But, uh, you know, just the the competition that he has available to him at practice is a direct result of the recruiting, right? You know, I've I've talked a lot about the wide receivers, Troy Franklin, Dante Thornton, Isaiah Brevard. You know, these are all guys that he's going against every day in practice. And, you know, I don't think they have the best wide receiver core in the the Pac-12 you know, so to say, maybe they have the names there, like certainly the potentials there. But right now, I, I don't think it's proven, so you can't really say that. But why I mention that is because the the talent that he's going against is is enough for him to to make that next step and then ultimately become uh, a very strong corner in the Pac-12 and uh, beyond. Well, we're right around the ten minute mark, which is good because I think we're going to switch it up to offense here. Uh, I got to talk to Joe Moorhead. Uh, got some stuff from him, but when we're talking about offense, I want to start with some of the running backs. Uh, you know, I said yesterday in the pod that Trey Benson was back out there. He was back out there today, and I think he looked pretty good. He was hopping around. They had this, uh, I guess you'd call it a, a balance drill, you know, when they, when they had the ball, and they also did some ball security work, so maybe it was something along those lines, but, you know, he was kind of alternating feet, and, and he looked good out there hopping around with the other running backs, so his mobility is improving. Um you know, and he, and he looked good. You know, I don't, I don't think he's a, a full go yet. We're probably not going to say that while his, uh, while he still has that knee brace on, or maybe he keeps it on for a while, uh, just out of uh, precaution. But 
the two guys I want to talk about are the new guys, right? The freshman, Byron Carwell. Uh, you know, this is our, our first look at him. This is a big dude. Like he, he's another guy. I talked about Jeff Bossa yesterday. Uh, you know, six foot, uh, Carwell is six foot, 215 pounds, does not look like a freshman. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I think, uh, you know, looks very college ready from a physical standpoint. Um, you know, seeing him kind of knife his way through a, through an offensive line or, you know, kind of, uh, see how he blocks for quarterbacks. That's a huge aspect, uh, for running backs that I think kind of, uh, doesn't get enough attention. And Jim Master's going to have him ready to block. That's, uh, that's one of the elements he really prides himself on, prides his running backs on, I should say. So Byron Carwell, he's looking like a big dude. Uh, I posted some pictures of him on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter, um, you definitely should because I'm posting a lot of cool pictures that I'm getting from practice. And, you know, just side tangent real quick. I mean, I, I really don't feel like I'm that great with the camera, but I'm, ta- I'm taking it to practice with me. And it's just been an absolute blast to, uh, you know, learn more about taking photos and, and try to capture some of these cool moments uh, with the guys at practice. So definitely go over to Twitter, mTOR Sports, and check out some photos that I've been able to grab from these first two practices. And then Seven McGee was out there, and and he's looking exciting. You know, he's rocking number zero, which I think is just pretty swaggy, um, especially you know when you when you look at his game and, and kind of uh, you know the, the character that he has coming out of high school. He just he wants to put on a show, and uh, you know the Ducks really need that at running back. I think Travis Dye is definitely a you know, someone that he should try to shoot, shoot for, you know, try to emulate his game after because he just does it all. And he's just, um, so explosive, excuse me, out of the backfield. Um, but we got to see him a little bit, um, you know, and, uh, he's looking quick, light on his feet, you know, a lot of encouraging signs, got to see him work on some swing passes and screen work with the QBs today, some run pass options. Um, so that's what I got to say about the running backs, but, the first topic I want to talk about uh, with with Moorhead is is tight end, right? You know, he he was asked by a reporter, you know, have you ever had this kind of a, a tight end room before, where you have so much talent, but a lot of it is unproven? You know, DJ Johnson was great last year, um, and, and limited action, and then Spencer Webb. You know, we've we've we all know about the hype behind him. You know, I feel like he's kind of a you know, along the lines of like a wide receiver in a tight end's body. He just has really good hands and he had that catch against Auburn and and what a way to start off your your college career, right? You know, mossing a guy on on one of the biggest stages, probably the biggest stage aside from like, you know, a major bowl game or uh the the national championship, uh, that game against Auburn at Jerry's World in Dallas. But uh yeah, those are the only guys that that really have any kind of game experience, but you know, the, the people behind him Terrence Ferguson, Maliki Montevao, the the two tight end signees from the the 2021 class, the, those dudes are are going to make an impact this year. Um, I'm feeling pretty confident saying that. I, I don't know about you know going out and saying they're going to start, what have you, because when you have this much talent, you might see some pretty heavy rotation, right? Um, and you know it's you can say six six as much as you want, and you can look at it on film, but when you see these guys in person, they're they're just huge if you if you look on a I think Terrence Ferguson posted a photo that I took of of him and uh uh Matavao on his Instagram and I think he captioned it twin towers and that is exactly how I would describe these guys two huge huge bodies I think that what's surprising with Ferguson is is that he looks like I mean you can tell that the dudes put on some weight since he got here I think uh, Cristobal was talking about them the other day, and he was saying that they're both in the 250, 260 range as freshmen, and they're both 6'6". 
So I've been banging the drum on, on Ferguson, you know, since he committed to Oregon. I just love his athleticism and how versatile he is. He got lined up out wide when he was in high school. And uh, I mean, the tight end position is so exciting, right? You know, we we started to see some of that with, with Joe Moorhead last year. You get DJ Johnson the ball, and he gets five to seven steps on you, and that dude's just, he's just moving. And he, it is almost impossible, I would say, to, to bring him down with just one guy. You know, so many times last year I was watching him, and it took, three, four guys just to bring this huge human being to the ground. So I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about the tight end depth, and you can tell Moorhead is as well, but I'm going to end it talking about the tight ends at least. I'm going to finish talking about the tight ends with this note that Moorhead offered us. He said, you'd rather sacrifice the talent for experience, which is pretty interesting because so many people, when you're looking at this program from the outside, I think it's it's pretty easy to get just really excited about the recruiting and then, you know, people kind of get caught up and they say, well, this guy was a, a high four-star. This guy was a five-star. Like, There's no way he's not going to play as a freshman. And I, I think that kind of gets blown out of proportion sometimes. Um, but having experience is, is very, very valuable, especially at the tight end position because you have to get down blocking schemes. You have to learn route trees, uh, different packages, obviously, because you can get lined up all over the backfield or flexed out potentially in some instances. Um, but case in point, be excited about the tight ends. Be excited about Terrence Ferguson. Be excited about Maliki Matavau, uh, DJ Johnson, Spencer Webb. There's just so many names there, and they're all huge. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep an eye on that position group. Um, and then you know everyone kind of wants to talk about the quarterback. You know a lot of media members keep asking about you know Anthony Brown and some of the younger guys, and you know understandably so, especially on the younger guys because there's so much excitement about them around them at this point, but. I'm just going to come out and say it. You know, I'd be absolutely shocked if it wasn't Anthony Brown's job at this point. Uh, you know, they were more or less saying that in the summer. Um, I was of that belief in the summer as well that, uh, you know, this was his job to lose. It just, it makes sense. I mean, sure, you can call it the safe option, and it is. You know, he's, he's the only guy that's thrown a pass in college uh, on this team right now, which, you know, sounds kind of scary, but there's a lot of talent behind him. Um, so, yeah, it's it's Anthony Brown's job, but... Um, Certainly something to be excited about as far as, you know, who would uh, be QB2. And I think, you know, it's like I said, again, it's, it's hard since the only live reps that we've seen are in the spring game. And that's not even really live, I believe. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really feeling good about Robbie Ashford. I think his combination of arm strength and athleticism um, really just makes him so fun to watch. You saw that, that uh, you know, that two-point conversion run in the spring game, which was probably one of the best plays of the game aside from Troy Franklin's diving catch you know it just gave the spring game the feel of a, a real authentic college football game um but you know I think that's that's that dude's a gamer you know you see a play like that and, and it really shows you I think what kind of competitor you have at quarterback um so certainly exciting to see what's uh what's going on at quarterback and just with the way that the game is moving evolving you you want it's very advantageous to have a guy who can run and pass and um you know if you're looking at that skill set and uh, experience it's it's definitely uh, Ravi Ashford in my opinion so I'm gonna wrap up the pod on kind of a cool mailbag segment if you want to call it that this is something I want to bring on more uh more consistently on the podcast um I sent out a tweet said hey what questions do you have let me know in a response and I got two so uh, I'm going to roll with them and uh, tackle these questions. 
So this first question is coming from Web, Webfoot. Uh, his username is at uh, Natfod. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, Webfoot, if you're listening, um, hopefully I said it right. Um, and this is the question that they left. I've heard a lot about Johnny Johnson the third in the offseason, but not much about Jalen Red. Are we expecting him to drop off the depth, the depth chart? Uh, him being Jalen Red, I'm assuming from the question. And you know, Jalen Red, he uh, he's a guy who's been here for a while, and and he's had his moments of, of being really exciting. Um, you know, I think about his touchdowns against uh, UW. Uh, that awesome touchdown against Bowling Green, I believe that was in 2019 when Herbert just rifled that in there in the end zone, back of the end zone. Um, but I, I think that, um, you know, Johnny Johnson has been great. He's a, he's really improved his route running, and, and he's got some solid hands. But the, the talent at, at wide receiver that's coming in that enrolled early, um, you know, again, looking at Franklin and Thornton there, I think that, you know, one of those guys, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he did end up taking – I don't know if it's red spot, but one of the you know starting three or four guys, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see some one of the freshmen uh, starting there. You know that's not that's probably not the hottest take, but I think that these guys you know they're they're getting a lot of praise from the coaches and reasonably so. Um, you know, Cristobal said that they looked like veterans the other day when I was asking them about the uh, you know what the value of early enrolling, and then he said you know let's let's tone it down a little bit. You know that's not to say that they are veterans, but you know they're looking like they know what they're doing. They look like they belong certainly from a physical standpoint. And then, you know, they're both just, uh, you know, uber talented guys, smooth operators. Um, and, you know, case in point, that's one of the things that you get when you enroll early is, is you get a leg up on the competition. So Webfoot, hopefully that answers your question. Thank you so much for asking it. And then I got one more for you, for you guys here uh, on this episode of the pod. This one comes from YFZ450 Duck Daddy at Robbie FZ450. How does the back end of the defense look without the two in the penalty box was his question. Um, so, you know, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure everyone knows at this point, uh, DJ James and Jamal Hill um, suspended indefinitely. So I talked about this a little bit yesterday um, on the last podcast, um, you know, kind of breaking down fall camp after Cristobal uh, kind of gave us this news um, as far as, you know, what the what the secondary looks like. You know the the thing that I'm going to say with this is that I think I'm a little bit more confident um, at the uh, safety spot right now. Um, as far as you know the the depth goes, you have guys that that have played uh, some pretty decent snaps in Bennett Williams and and Jordan Happel, um, but um, and then you also have Jeff Bossa. You know he's a guy who's uh, who's really really. Um, you know, come along well. He he's uh, developed physically. He looks like he's ready to play right now as well. Um, and I think that he's a guy that you know, if he if he were asked to, he could um, he could come in and contribute. Um, that's not to say necessarily on a regular basis, but you know, given the uncertainty of the the secondary right now, um, I think that that's a guy. Those are a couple guys to to look out for. And then you also have um, if you're looking at the corners. Um, Oh, I, f- I forgot about Brian Addison. I mean, he's listed as a defensive back on the roster, so he could, if needed, he could probably move to safety. you got Steve Stevens as well. He's a big name uh, at safety that has uh, gotten a lot of praise, Damon David. So, yeah, the safety is definitely a, a position I'm feeling more confident about from a depth perspective. And then when you're looking at cornerback, I feel like you're a little bit more thin here 
as far as far as scholarship guys and guys with experience, right? You know, that's that's the biggest thing. You can obviously have a guy who comes in, but who comes in highly touted, I should say. But having a guy that that has experience at the college level is is so so valuable. So cornerback, um, let's see here. I, I'm looking at my roster here in front of me. So. Uh, bear with me as I as I type away here to make sure that I'm giving you uh, an educated answer the best I can. So, um, you know, looking at cornerback, I talked about Triquez Bridges earlier. I think that he's a, a really strong candidate to get some uh, serious snaps um, if uh, James is to miss any time. And then you got Dante Manning. We already talked about him. He's looking pretty solid. Jalen Davies enrolled early in the winter, and uh, Manning actually wasn't available in the spring game. So Jalen Davies got a lot of those snaps. And uh, he looked pretty solid, you know, especially going against these wide receivers. Um, he he uh, he held his own, and he's you know coming out of modern day, playing some of the best talent in not only Los Angeles but in the entire country. They set up big time games uh, down there in LA. Um, and then you also have Avante Dickerson. He's a, a freshman. Darren Barkins as well. Um, but yeah, the the depth really isn't um, as as extensive at cornerback compared to safety. Uh, when we're looking at that situation, but those are some names to look out for um, at both of those positions. So, you know, I don't think it's uh, anything too too concerning. I mean, if if they end up missing time in the Ohio State game, I, I feel like the Oregon's chances uh, get a uh, get pretty suspect uh, of winning an already incredibly difficult game when you're looking at Ohio State's wide receiving core. Um, so that probably goes without saying, but was going to throw that out there. Um, that's day two of Oregon football fall camp looking to get more consistent with these podcasts and um, really enjoy having uh, the mailbag questions because it helps you know give me a little bit of direction and a little bit of spontaneity too which is always fun so day two Oregon football fall camp from Eugene Oregon Uh, we are getting closer to the season every day Uh, opener is September 4th against Fresno State next media availability right now is scheduled for Monday, I believe. Let me look at my handy-dandy schedule. Okay, no, Tuesday. Tuesday, August 10th, we're supposed to talk to Coach Cristobal, uh, as well as a couple of defensive student athletes. So um, we'll still have updates running on the site on Ducks Digest Sunday and Monday. Um, just to give uh, you know a plug here, if you're looking for more of my work, you can find me on Twitter at mtorsports, as well as Facebook at mtorsports. Ducks Digest, I talked about those photos that I was taking at practices. You can find us on Instagram at Ducks Digest. Uh, And then we also have Ducks Digest Twitter and Facebook pages. So make sure to tune in to si.com slash college slash Oregon. That is the Ducks Digest website for all your Oregon Ducks content. Everybody, hope everyone's having a, a blessed weekend and everyone's doing well out there. Thanks so much for tuning in and take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.